Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. It's Wednesday, the 2nd of August in London. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Europe podcast. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Coming up today, Fitch strips the United States of its AAA credit rating. Trump is indicted over efforts to overturn the 2020 election. And a UK energy giant legally avoids returning hundreds of millions of pounds to households. Let's start with a roundup of our top stories. The United States has been stripped of its AAA credit rating by Fitch. The agency says the country's ballooning fiscal deficits and an erosion of governance led it to drop the grade for the world's largest economy to AA+. PIMCO's head of public policy, Libby Cantrell, sums up the reaction from many investors. And what we've been talking to our clients about is you know, this idea of the U.S. being the cleanest dirty shirt. And you know, maybe that we're not necessarily clean from a fiscal perspective, but in terms of just the, the dollar and its importance to the global market, um, it still is pretty unimpeachable. Pitches downgrade notwithstanding. PIMCO's Libby Cantrell says that while she's surprised by the timing of the decision, the justification makes sense. The US debt burden is forecast to reach 118% of GDP by 2025. That's more than two and a half times higher than the median for AAA-rated economies. While officials in the Biden administration have strenuously objected to the decision by Fitch as they seek to control the political fallout. With more, here's Bloomberg's Ed Baxter. The administration says stripping the U.S. of its top-tier credit rating is not warranted, saying the U.S. fiscal governance practices are strong. It says Fitch's decision does not change what Americans, investors, and people all around the world already know, that Treasury securities remain the world's preeminent safe and liquid asset. But this does come two months after the bitter standoff on raising the debt limit and ahead of the threat of no agreement on funding the government going forward. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. And we'll be getting more on this story in just a few minutes' time with our markets reporter, Valerie Titel. Donald Trump is facing federal charges over his efforts to overturn the 2020 presidential election. A grand jury invited, indicted the former president on four charges, including conspiracy to defraud the United States and conspiracy against the right to vote. Special counsel Jack Smith says the allegations focus on the January the 6th attack at the US Capitol. It's described in the indictment, it was fueled by lies. Lies by the defendant targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government, the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. The indictment from Special Counsel Jack Smith is the third criminal prosecution facing the former president who denies wrongdoing. Trump still leads polling to win the Republican nomination for the 2024 presidential election. Now, a major UK energy producer managed to avoid returning as much as £639 million to consumers during the cost of living crisis. A Bloomberg investigation has found that Drax turned its renewable power station off in the energy crisis rather than pay back its subsidy. Todd Gillespie wrote the story. He says the move is the opposite of how the agreement with the government is supposed to work. 
the whole spirit of, of the contract was very much to have this two-way mechanism so that consumers weren't just paying out constantly all the time and that if the market changed, uh, companies would uh, be able to support consumers in the, in the opposite direction. And indeed, Drax's own CEO wrote in, a, in an op-ed in the Times newspaper, Times of London newspaper earlier this year that the design of the CFD was there to, to safeguard consumers from price spikes. Bloomberg's energy reporter Todd Gillespie, he added that although Drax didn't break any laws, many former UK energy secretaries have told him that they are unhappy with the firm's conduct. Drax said in a statement that it had uh, acted responsibly and that soaring biomass prices last year made it, quote, uneconomical to operate their plant much of the time. That Bloomberg investigation comes as executives from the UK's biggest energy companies are meeting the energy secretary, Grant Shapps, later today to discuss accelerating power in accelerating investment in renewable power. The talks expected to focus on existing plans by the companies to invest more than £100 billion. The government says it's looking at homegrown energy sources to enable Britain to be less vulnerable to price volatility and disruption on international fossil fuel markets. And finally, an all-time high for the S&P 500 feels inevitable, according to J.P. Morgan's trading desk. The team says that better economic growth and a pause in the Fed's hiking cycle will push stocks to a new high of 4,800, 5,000 or even higher. Speaking to Jonathan Farrow on Bloomberg The Open, J.P. Morgan's Head of Global Investment Opportunities, Monica DiCenso, broke down why she's upgraded her outlook for U.S. stocks. You know, it's driven by, quite frankly, fundamentals for the U.S. economy that never turned out to be as bad as people thought when they came into the year. And it looks like, quite frankly, the U.S. Uh, consumer is stronger than we thought. And when you add that up with reasonable valuations, broadly speaking, you can see a scenario where equities can still return 6-7% over the next 12 months. Monica DiCenso, her view is at odds, though, with the bank's chief global market strategist, Marco Kolonovic, who says that markets are suffering from a case of wishful thinking. Oh, wishful thinking. Well, I wonder, is it wishful thinking we're getting from the Prime Minister as well, who's uh, deciding to put more efforts into reviving chess? Not considered a sport in the UK, although uh, Rishi Sunak wants to fund a national team. He's got half a million pounds worth of funding earmarked for the English Chess Federation. The idea is being able to help them to get out and train more people to in how to play chess uh, because yeah. it's good for mental acuity. Is this you know a, a, is this follow up on his promise around maths? Is this a yeah? I listen. I think it's really quite interesting. Um, the ideas he says yes, it's it's a great skill. It's good to. Um, help people in terms of their thought processes. It's very a good practice for children. Um, and actually, the UK used to do really, really well in the 80s. We were ranked second to the Soviet Union. Um, and look, that's a long time ago. I think that it does go with the idea of having maths, which the pri- Prime Minister wants to see all children study up to the age of 18 in the UK, which they don't currently do. Uh, I think it's great. Look, I helped a maths team in a primary school locally to me just a few years ago, which was a huge lesson, frankly, in how to teach five, six, seven, eight-year-olds how to play chess. I mean, they beat me most of the time. <laughs> uh, so I think it was a bit humiliating. But I think it's it's a brilliant skill, actually, to, to have.
Yeah, and look, it's it's an interesting issue to choose to focus on. I think there's probably, as you say, quite a lot of people would support it. The announcement uh, that's going to happen later will feature an oversized chess set on 10 Downing Street's lawn as well. That's great, but surely the cry will go up. What about broader skills, you know? Yeah. Yes, it's great to focus on, on the brains of Britain and maybe a great British chess revival, but what about other, you know, broader skills for UK workers? Well, indeed. Uh, well, let's turn next to the decision by Fitch Ratings Agency to downgrade the US credit rating to from AAA to AA+. Uh, Fitch criticising ballooning fiscal deficits and what it referred to as an erosion of governance. Our market supporter Valerie Titel is with us uh, for more on this story. Now Fitch warned that they may cut the credit rating back in May. Hmm. Why has it happened now after we saw the debt ceiling row resolved in June? Yeah, a lot of eyebrows are being raised that because if you actually look at their decision in May to change them to an outlook negative, they cited quite different things than they did today in their decision to downgrade. But let's go over the three things that they did cite today. The first is expected fiscal deterioration. And they expect that because they have the U.S. heading into a recession. Normally in a recession, uh, your government accounts do deteriorate as growth slows. Uh, The second being uh, the high and growing debt burden. As you mentioned, the U.S. has two and a half times the debt to GDP of the normal triple A median uh, in Fitch's Fitch's ratings. And lastly, the erosion of governments and essentially the erosion of confidence uh, in fiscal management, which they cite the obvious, the the debt limit standoff that we had earlier this year. Yeah, I mean, look, we we beetled off and had a look at actually how many countries are triple A rated across the three main rating agencies. There are only like 11 Mm. in Australia and Switzerland, um, Canada also. So I think it's, it's kind of important in the global context in terms of the criticism then and the pushback Mm. because uh, Janet Yellen and many others are critical of this saying that this doesn't reflect the reality of the US economy. Yeah, a lot of criticism uh, so far which to be honest is really not surprising uh, from the US Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. She said she strongly disagrees with the Fitch's decision and she said the the ratings move today is arbitrary and based on outdated data. The White House said they strongly disagree with the decision saying the Biden Biden administration has delivered the strongest recovery of any major economy in the world out of the pandemic. Former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers called it absurd. And then the chief economic advisor for Allianz, Mohamed El Arian, who is a Bloomberg opinion columnist here, said it's much more likely to be dismissed by markets than have a lasting impact. And to his point, to Mohamed's point, if we look at how the market is behaving this morning, it is maybe telling you it's irrelevant. We are seeing you know, a dent to the equity rally, which has been very strong of late, mm-hmm. uh, seeing S&P futures fall at half a percent. But if you look at those traditional haven assets, uh, Swissy, for example, roughly unchanged, stronger by one tenth of a percent. Uh, gold, it's up slightly. It's up three tenths of a percent. But even if we look at the Treasury market, there's really not any uh, big safe haven move into treasuries like we did see the last time they were downgraded. So perhaps this will show us at the end of the day that this fish move is irrelevant when it comes to the views of investors. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's somewhat, as you say, of a shrug and the market reaction uh, as well. So we'll watch to see how that uh, plays out later on in the day as well. But for now, our market supporter, Valerie Titel, thank you very much. Up next, a new deputy governor at the BOE and lenders cut mortgage rates. 
Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Now, the paper review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. Bloomberg's Leanne Gerrans joins us now for a look through the newspapers. Let's start with this Guardian headline. Sarah Breeden to be the Deputy Governor of the Bank of England. Uh, yeah, I know a name well known on Threadneedle Street at least, Leanne. Yes, indeed. Carolina is a well-known name and she is a BOE insider so lots of knowledge and the bank will have the largest ever number of women on the rate-setting monetary policy committee after the appointment of Sarah Breeden. Now she'll be appointed in in November for five years and the Chancellor Jeremy Hunt announced the BOE Insider would become the Deputy Governor for Financial Stability and um, she'll chair a lot of it in the absence of the Governor Andrew Bailey, Caroline. Mm. And the Cambridge University graduate is going to be joining three other women on the nine-member MPC so that she'll be joining Swati Dingra, Catherine Mann and Megan Green. In her role she'll be in charge of the bank's cryptocurrency policy and also broader concerns about the stability of the banking and a financial sector. And it's also just important to note that this story comes out ahead of the Bank of England poised to raise interest rates tomorrow to a 15-year high. And um, it's a little bit of what we can expect ahead of tomorrow. But this is also interesting, really, because since the MPC's creation in 19... 1997, you know, there's not been so many women deciding UK interest rate policy. Yeah. The BN article does say we don't know exactly what her stance is right now. She won't be involved tomorrow, but she will be joining in November. Yeah, look, what's critical is where she lies in terms of the Dove-Hawk split. And actually, it seems to be that some market participants don't, don't think that she's going to affect the balance. She will be in place, though, for a five-year term. She led the response to Northern Rock, so I think also her kind of uh, huge policy experience is quite important too but yeah very interesting yes, and so. like I said she moved up through the ranks yeah. so her knowledge is vast Leah let's go to the Financial Times next three large UK lenders cut mortgage rates as inflation outlook improves well Stephen this move is really offering some further relief to homeowners who are still facing these higher borrowing costs um, in the in the wake of last year's mini budget and also the cost of living crisis that we are facing so NatWest Halley and Virgin Money have cut the interest rates on some of their mortgage products by nearly half a percent as competition heats up to
to offer borrowers better rates. Mm. A faster than expected drop in inflation data in June has actually helped stabilise UK financial markets and also reassure lenders that Britain is over the worst of these rising prices. Data released on Monday also showed that UK mortgage approvals did rise back in June. So there we are. We're having some positive news on the mortgage front, really. Yeah, no, that's um, very interesting, isn't it? After the nationwide survey we were talking about yesterday, the the fastest fall since like 2009 in home prices across the UK. How much will a change in mortgage rates help? Um, Soften that. The Times, lastly, electric vehicle targets could stall investment, says Kemi Badenoch. Uh, This is a big one for UK policy, isn't it? Yeah, it's a huge one for UK policy. And Rishi Sunak's been facing this mounting pressure from Tory MPs on the right of the party to push back a ban on the sale of new petrol and diesel cars from 2030 to 2035. And there's a warning from the Business and Trade Secretary, Kemi Bagnog, that the electric vehicle targets could really damage investment. So from next year, the government is planning to find car makers unless a fifth of new vehicles sold produce zero emissions. Now, big companies that employ thousands of people like Toyota and Ford are asking for this deadline to be changed. They're concerned that this is going to be very challenging for this. Another threat to this comes amid mounting concern about whether Britain has this sufficient infrastructure for electric mm. cars. And in this piece, it's really interesting because the chief executive of Moto Hospitality basically says, yes, they are putting charges in motorway service stations. But the problem is they don't have the power to supply them. And this is where the problem is coming in. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.